And the bootleg <laughs> startup music continues. Welcome back to another episode. This week, I am joined with Mr. Daniel Weber and Nick Ruth. Dan, how are you doing? Good, brother. How are you? I'm excited. It's, I mean, sports has been non-existent. We've yeah. been living the quarantine life. Yeah, it's, it's been rough, man. I've resorted to, to being an alcoholic and watching Christmas movies, which today's episode is brought to you by Truly Lemonade Hard Seltzer. <laughs> but, you know, the rookie draft is around the corner. And while I don't have any draft picks really in this league, in other leagues I do, so I'm, I'm kind of getting excited. Hey, man, so. you should probably, probably let Nick introduce himself and say hey before we get started. Oh, yes. Hi, yes. guys. <laughs> Welcome back, Mr. Ruth. How are you doing? Living the quarantine life. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. You can only enter so many new dynasty leagues before you cross the line, I feel. Bullshit. <laughs> I've in four now. Yeah, you went aggressive the last couple weeks. Drafting is the most fun you can have with your clothes on. Um, I, yeah, I like cooking bacon with clothes on, though. But yeah, I'll give you that. On that note... Let's talk about this week's episode, and we are going to be doing a mock draft for the first round. And what that means is each of us were assigned a team, and we're going to kind of act as like the surrogate for those teams and make the ultimate selection. The other people are going to maybe try to persuade the person on who to take, or maybe try to persuade them with a hypothetical trade offer. Obviously, a, a caveat applies. This is just our opinion. You know, don't get offended. Don't, like, take anything too hard or, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Just because we say Kevin should trade Saquon Barkley for Jonathan Taylor, that doesn't mean it should actually happen. And if you do get pissed off, go fuck yourself. You can stop listening, but we encourage you to finish this episode all the way through because we put a lot of effort into this. And we are doing this blind without knowing where anyone's going. Exactly. So take that with a grain of salt. Yep, I mean, that that's honestly kind of where I want to start, because I think before the NFL draft, or the NFL draft obviously determines so much with the rookie rankings, but it's a double-edged sword. I look at before the draft, and you had Hakeem Butler. He was so high, you know, everyone was like, this is the guy, this is the guy. After the draft, obviously, he falls, he's a fourth-round draft pick, and he goes like in the second round, and he did nothing his rookie year. On the flip side, everyone before the draft, A.J. Brown, great guy. He's an awesome wide receiver. He's going to do great. Then he goes to the Tennessee Titans, and we're like, oh, that sucks. Now A.J. Brown looks pretty good. He lived up to what everyone thought he was before the draft. So the rookie draft can determine a lot, but it's not the be-all, end-all for a lot of talented players. Anything you guys want to touch base on before we start with this this mock draft? I mean, it's, no, I think we should be should be pretty good. I mean, the positive side is we're only talking about one, two, three, four, five teams. So, Yeah, there's not a lot of parity. Um, Sam controls, I think, half the first round, I believe. And Zane also has two draft picks. Chris has two draft picks. It's, gonna be, it's either going to be a really boring first round or some people are going to be throwing their weight around to try to make make some things happen so with that in mind sam is on the clock and acting as sam for this pick is going to be mr daniel weber so dan why don't you kind of break us down give us the lay of the land with this pick and what sam might be thinking yeah so if i'm sam here i'm taking a look at my roster and i'm trying to see all right can i put 10 solid pieces 
in my roster to, to start and to, to begin to field points. So I look at the quarterback position. I currently have two potentially starting quarterbacks in Carson Wentz and Terod Taylor. That's an awesome situation. My wide receiver core, I have Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, and Debo Samuel. Again, you got to be feeling pretty decent about where you're at. And then I get to the point where I don't have a tight end and I don't have a starting running back. You're not buying the Blake Jarwin hype? I'm not buying the Blake Jarwin hype. I have more faith in Foster Moreau than I have in Blake Jarwin, but that's just me personally. Um, So i got to sit here and i got to figure out, do I address the super flex piece in the next QB? Do I take and find a starting running back, which I don't have any right now? Um, So that's kind of, I think, where my initial thought piece goes at looking at this draft. I think that's a very, you know, fair assumption. And obviously, you know, anyone with half a brain has read that Joe Burrow is pretty much the consensus number one pick. Um, I guess before, or Nick, you wanted to chime in. What do you got for me? Burrow seems to be the consensus. I would agree in most part, but with everything that's been coming out with the health of Tua being cleared by the doctors with his hip. He's two years younger. He's proven over multiple seasons. I'm a big Tua fan. But and does, if, that, does that scare you, though, that we haven't actually seen anything from him? Does this rest He just released um, a video throwing today, or yesterday, one of the okay. two. I want to see him move. He released a video of a workout Tuesday, I watched it, where he was running or throwing on the run. He looks freaking good, man. Yeah, but- and he's done videos it and be been edited. there. Yeah, well, I'm not taking anything away from the kids' talent, but videos can be edited. How much of that are we actually seeing? How many of those different pieces exist? Question for you, Nick. What is, I mean, is it a, a simple case of if Joe Burrow goes one, he's the number one pick? Or can Tua do anything in this draft to persuade you to take him over Joe Burrow? If Tua somehow goes Chargers, I'm taking him over Burrow. Okay. But I don't think he makes it to the Chargers. So if if Miami takes him, does that change your opinion? If I'd probably go Miami Burrow or... one then. But if he ends up on the Chargers, man, you got Allen, Williams, Eckler, Hunt or uh, Hunter. Hunter. That's a hell of a core to throw Tua in, who is used to playing with elite talent at Alabama, and he's two years younger. All right. Okay, so we've talked about those options. Now let's talk about Sam's options. Is it cut and dry that he needs to make this pick? I mean, should he be entertaining trade offers? Where, what, what do you If he gets think? an insane trade offer that is more valuable than a quarterback one for the next 10 to 15 years, go for it. He has so many holes. He needs to create a foundation. And in Superflex, you do that with the quarterbacks. And I don't think he can move from this one, even though... He's got so many firsts next year. He could get Trevor Lawrence as well. Having quarterbacks is a lot of firepower. I 100% agree. I don't think – I think Sam needs to go with the, the blue chipper here. He needs to go with an elite player. He Unless he gets a dumb trade offer, which he probably won't. He's got to make this pick. So, Dan, who's it going to be? All right. So, with the first overall pick in the – 2020 superhero draft sam will take joe burrow quarterback out of lsu if i could do a mel kuyper impression i would but unfortunately i can't so all i'll say is this pick was expected um there's really you know not much more we can say he had an insane 
you know, college football year at LSU, literally like broke every world or record and carried them all the way to the championship. We'll see what he can do in Cincy. Yeah, you, and it, again with Sam taking Burrow, you, like Nick said, you've got to feel good getting a blue chip guy that's gonna that's gonna be a foundation piece. I think I think this is a win for Sam in this pick, uh, and it makes a lot of sense. Even though he now goes to more again additional starting quarterbacks without a starting running back. Absolutely. So let's move on to number two, and that is going to be Armand picking and picking or acting as Armand is going to be Nick Ruth. His team name is Tanking for Tua, and that is my point. <laughs> All right. So I guess, obviously, you know, Tua makes the most sense with this pick. Um, just, you know, looking at mock drafts. But is there any way he could go running back? You know, could he entertain a trade? I, if he gets a trade offer, I'd entertain it. But looking at his, let me pull him up again, his quarterback situation. He's got Teddy Bridgewater. Mitch is going to get benched. Mariota is a backup. Will Greer is a backup. Two, Teddy Bridgewater. He has one starting quarterback on his roster. And again, starting quarterbacks are your foundation. Running backs come and go. Look at Gurley. 25, he was cut, dropped. Devontae Freeman fell off a cliff. The only abnormality is Adrian Peterson, who's not human. And we all knew that when he came into the league. Running backs fall off a cliff fast. If you're not competing... I would build up, especially if you're weak at quarterback, build that up. Then you can get the fluff pieces. Yeah, I think looking at it, I mean, looking at his running back position, he's got Alvin Kamara, which is a which is a great piece to have in those pieces, but he doesn't have anything else after that. It's, it's again, where do you want to try and address your situation? Feeling pretty decent about your wide receiver core has got to make you feel well. But, yeah, I think this one is almost – just as cut and dry, I think, as as Sam going quarterback at, at one. It just again becomes in which opportunity do these guys fall, and who's going to end up with with either Burrow or Tua. Agreed. I don't think there's a trade here. Nick, who's the pick going to be? I'm not nearly as official as Dan, but it's going to be Tua out of Bama. <laughs> Sometimes you All just right. gotta put I mean, extra flair in it, man. So it's that's what these people come back for. You know, we're not fucking around in 2020. We're going all out with special effects. But no, Tua, Tua is the guy. You, he's number one on the board, unless he inexplicably falls in the NFL draft due to this injury potentially being worse than we think. Who knows? I think he's a strong contender to go in the top two of our draft. You will find no argument out of me. But you get to pick at three now with uh, with Chris's. One. All right. Yep. I'm picking three with Chris. And when you look at Chris's team, he's kind of in an interesting spot. He's got some interesting pieces, but I don't know if he has. Let me see. Let me pull up his team because I can't seem to find it on my stupid sheet. All right. Quarterbacks. He actually has a decent foundation. I mean, Drew Locke and Jimmy Garoppolo isn't awful. Andrew Luck and Cam Newton, on the other hand, eh. Um, running backs, he's got Kerryon Johnson, and then that's pretty much it. Wide receiver, he's got a... I mean, Terry McLaren's good. T.Y. Hilton's a little bit old, um, and a bunch of other aging pieces. 
at the tight end position, I guess Jonu Smith, Dawson Knox. I mean, this is a pretty, to put it politely, weak roster. I mean, he's obviously picking number three for a reason. And I think Chris has flexibility to go anywhere with this pick. Um, right now, I mean, I think it's safe to say that a running back is probably the top on the board. So let me ask you a question here, then. Yep, go for it. If you're Sam, would you consider moving... So this will be the first trade proposal that will be offered this way. Uh-huh. Chris moves out of three for Sam, and in return, Chris gets pick six and pick nine. All right, well, let's let's, let's take that a few ways. For starters, for Chris... I mean, let's talk about running backs in general. I mean, Nick earlier kind of mentioned Todd Gurley, you know, what running backs are like, you know, their shelf life. And it's difficult. I mean, they can turn around your team very quickly, but if you don't capitalize on their prime, you can kind of watch them waste away and you might not accomplish anything um, while you have them. So for Chris, I actually do think that trading this pick makes a ton of sense. And whether that's for maybe some proven young players, whether that's for more draft picks, I think that's very that should be very appealing. Um, in terms of your offer, I mean six and nine, I think, I mean for Chris's standpoint, I feel like that's got to be interest very interesting. You look at last year, um, albeit in a weaker draft, um, both myself and Stefan moved up from, I believe. I was pick eight and he was maybe pick seven and we moved up to a one and two respectively for both those picks and then a 2020 first that both turned out to be pretty late. So a mid pick and a late pick the following year to move up to first and two or one and two. So in a deeper draft, you know, obviously there's higher in talent and, you know, more talent in the first round. Moving pick six and nine is pretty steep. But from Chris's perspective, I think that's got to be intriguing. Um, I don't know if there's maybe a better offer out there, but I feel like you would have to think about that. I mean, Nick, what's kind of your thoughts on this? Oh, I'd smash except if I was Chris. I don't see Sam offering it. He's got too many holes. He's Mm -hmm. pretty shrewd. It's a good board. I don't see him offering it, but if he did, I'd take it. Take it in a heartbeat. It's, it's an interesting spot to be in because Chris has a lot of these holes like you talk about, which mm-hmm. can benefit from, from acquiring existing talent, especially if you can get multiple pieces. I think when you look at potentially a guy that could be a worthwhile trade partner could be Stefan. Stefan has a lot of good depth in a running back position um, that could potentially give him the ability to move up and strengthen some of these different pieces. I think Stefan could look at Armand trading for the piece before. Um, with part of it, I don't think it's as easy with Armand as it would be for Chris, but I think there's a couple different options with some teams that are sitting outside to to potentially find their way into a first-round pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, like we assume very likely that this pick is going to be the top running back. I mean, just about every team that wants to be a contender would love to have the top running back. I mean, I know I would. Nick, I'm sure you would. Dan, I can't i mean you have a good you have a great core but i'm sure you would love to add it um zane most definitely you know who else kevin absolutely stefan might be the only team that maybe isn't gonna like bend over backwards to get a running back um but i think there's gonna be there has to be a lot of inquiries for this pick 
and maybe there already has been. Yeah, and I think this is the, I think this is the first spot on the board where we see multiple inquiries that could that could happen and have this pick moved. So I want to play trade Picasso, and I want to do it for Kevin because Kevin I feel like is going to want Jonathan Taylor, and to rep his Wisconsin you know hood. So what is like a trade that maybe makes sense for both these guys? I mean, this is just throwing it out there. Is would Kevin offer Daniel Jones? Should Chris accept Daniel Jones? Yeah, I mean Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, something around those. Kevin's flush with quarterbacks. People need quarterbacks. You could do one of the younger quarterbacks and a Hayden Hurst, maybe. I mean, he's starting tight end for a good offense. And that's yeah. two holes you're filling for potentially a running back that has shorter shelf life than both positions you're getting. Yeah, I was going to say the only other name that you might be able to throw around in there would be um, Robbie Anderson, uh, New Home, Teddy Bridgewater. Might be, a, might be a worthwhile trading piece to go with one of the quarterback pieces to help strengthen the wide receiver core. Yeah. But, all right. Nick, I'll let you be the deciding factor. If you were Chris, are you taking Sam Darnold, D- Daniel Jones, and Hayden Hurst, or are you taking Dan's proposed offer of six and nine? That's a tough one. Um, I think it's dependent on landing spots. Let's assume for this draft, it's ideal landing spots. Yeah, if Taylor is going to the Chiefs, I'm taking. A king's ransom. Um, six and nine, I'd, I'd probably take, because you could walk out of that with probably Herbert and what? Dobbins, receiver. maybe? Judy? Maybe. Yeah. All right. So I'd so probably we're... take the picks regardless. All right. So Sam moves up. And it's got to be a running back. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Taylor is going to be the number one running back. And that's going to be the pick here. Nope. I fuck. You know, this is one of the nice things, right? Yeah. Sam Ware selects Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it helps. It gives him a starting running back, which, which, which I think is super beneficial for that. Agreed. And with pick four, we're heading over to Zane, one of his two picks. And Dan, you are back on the clock. Yeah, so this becomes another interesting one for for a trade piece. And Zane very much loves to hoard these and move them, um, which is encouraging. Uh, but quarterback-wise, he's got Lamar Jackson. He's pretty much set in stone for, for that. He's got an older Aaron Rodgers. He's got a potentially next-year starter in Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Um, so you could look at a younger quarterback here. Wide or running back wise, he's got two real young running backs in Montgomery and Sanders. Um, running back also makes sense for for him here. He could this could be where we see the first wide receiver come out, but he's pretty stacked at wide receiver. Um, and his tight end situation sitting well. Uh, Zane's got a really nice roster, so I'd be curious how many trade offers he will uh, field as well, and if they'll change after the fact that um, six and nine got moved. I mean, my kind of like read on the situation is I feel like Zane is probably going to keep this pick, take the best available running back, 
and then next pick is where maybe he flexes a little bit to potentially move the pick? I don't know. Every time I've gone through this mock, uh-huh. if I'm Zane, I smash these two picks in, and I'm probably one of the top competing teams. These two picks, I think, are very easy for him to completely make himself relevant and probably be the number one team in our division, at least. I'm. It's In a loaded class like this, it's hard to argue with it. Um, but I, I can't think of a good offer for this pick, so unless you have an idea, Nick, I think Dan's... No, I, there's no way I, I would move either of these picks if I was him with those with his roster. These two I smash in, and I'm beyond ecstatic. All right, Dan. Who's Zane taking? Um, with the fourth pick of the 2020 Superheroes draft, Zane Shelley takes Mr. Swift out of Ohio State. It's funny. He doesn't go to Ohio State, but... Half credit. He goes to- <laughs> oh, I fucked up on that. Oh, okay. It's All okay. Right. Running it's back out of Georgia. Nice Georgia, sorry. It was, I got colors right. I'm just going to assume that's racism at its finest. All right, before we move on, is Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, is it as cut as dry as, you know, I think most of the people in this league feel that it's Jonathan Taylor, or can Swift surpass him? Or should Honestly, he the mock him? I'm looking at right now has Swift ahead of him. Okay. I think it just matters with which team these guys end up on. I think that, that tips the scale in one of their favors. If... If one of them ends up with Kansas City, I think that automatically puts them in a better situation than than the other guy, regardless of some of the intangibles. All right, well, then let's ask, or ask this question. Are these the top two running backs for sure in some order, or do you think this will change come our actual draft night like a month from now? Again, I think it's 100% landing spot dependent. Okay. Like if J.K. Dobbins goes to Kansas City and Taylor ends up in Miami. That's tough. Yeah, I, I agree. I think landing spot tips the scales for uh, for one of these guys as as surpassing or jumping up versus falling back. And, but we end up with the same AJ Brown situation. You know, go to Tennessee, fall back, turn out to be you know actually really really good. All right, let's move on to the next pick, pick five. That's gonna stay with, stay with Zane and Nick. You are now responsible for this one. So in an ideal world. You have Zane getting swift with the pick before. Yep. And in this one, I think you just go Dobbins. He just got two elite running backs. His roster is pretty much flawless. And you just run to a championship. I think this makes the most sense for him. You get two elite running backs. That was his biggest hole. Done. Yeah, I, have so, a, I have a hard time arguing with that logic. Here's my only thought process we saw like what zane did like last year and i've seen him in other leagues i think he's gonna try to shop this pick i don't know like i have no insider information and i think if zane is gonna try to shop this pick or even is able to shop this pick i think it's gonna be because justin herbert goes in the top 10 maybe he goes to the chargers like you said nick tua goes to well not like you said but tua goes maybe to the dolphins and herbert goes to the chargers that's a very interesting spot you know a great fit you talked about all the the talented surrounding weapons he would have 
And if this is a quarterback, you know, if we know that maybe this pick is for a quarterback, this is a super flex league after all, I think there's going to be some teams that could potentially be willing to bite on that. I look at, you know, Stefan's team. I look at, you know, Jerry's team. I look at Steve's team, who unfortunately got neutered with quarterbacks with Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, presumably out of a job. I think those three teams could maybe aggressively try to target Justin Herbert. And I mean, looking at all three of those teams, I mean, I think maybe a wide receiver and a pick could maybe be the something they'd throw out there. I mean, Steve, maybe DJ Chark and a pick. You know, Jerry, maybe DK or AJ for Stefan, maybe Sutton. I don't know. Random offers, just throwing it out there. Am I crazy or what do you guys think? No, I mean, if Herbert has a good landing spot, you're 100% right. I, especially the Chargers. I mean, that's probably the best landing spot for a quarterback. Maybe New England, but their offense isn't good, at least skill position-wise. So I'd still go Chargers. And if he lands there, I mean, all his intangibles are relating, like body size, everything, is Cam Newton. So it's a real interesting dynamic if he ends up there. Yeah, I would. I, I will go with my previous statement. This is 100% agree. All right, so Nick, you have the final say. If, let's say hypothetically, all three of those offers for wide receivers are on the table versus J.K. Dobbins, would you take any of them over J.K. Dobbins? Not with Zane's roster. Okay. I think he's stacked at wide receiver. OBJ's going to bounce back. Hopkins may take a slight hit because there's actually talent around him. I don't know. But it's just such a need at running back. And you have to go with the talent. And I think Dobbins is more talented. A.K.A. With this pick, Zane's going to get Dobbins from the real Ohio State University. Hashtag foreshadow. All right, we're moving on to pick six. And after the trade that Chris and Sam made, Chris is now on the clock with his first pick. And with how the board falls, I feel like this is maybe a little bit cut and dry. And I think Justin Herbert looks really um, appealing for Chris's team. Yes, I know he has Jimmy Garoppolo and Drew Locke, but I think shoring up, you know, that three quarterback monster could really lay the foundation for his team and help him out. I mean, that's... I, w- I want to see how Drew Locke goes through and does it. I, I have a lot of faith in what Drew Locke's going to be able to do in that offense. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has also shown that he's, he's not going to wow you off a fantasy page. He's going to go through, he's going to put up his, his, his numbers this way. I mean, he only had seven more fantasy points than, than Derek Carr did through the course of the year. Um, he didn't wow you in any way, shape, or form. He just he did it. Mitchell Trubisky had, had just third, 41 points shy of where Jimmy Garoppolo was. Jared Goff was four points shy of where Jimmy Garoppolo finished. I think, I think Herbert makes a lot of sense here. Yeah, if Herbert's available, you smash that one. Yep, I agree. I don't think Chris can turn this down. He traded on once, and I think if you go that route and someone like Herbert does fall to you, I think you just have to take it. So, 
With the sixth pick in the mock superheroes draft, Chris selects Justin Herbert, QB out of Oregon University. All right, and we're moving along with the seventh pick. And Mr. Sam Weir is back on the clock. And Dan, you now have the honors. Yeah, so this is, again, this you, you take a look at part of this, and it's landing spot for running back. But you still have this entire list of wide receivers on the board. Um, yeah, you have major production in, in Chris Godwin. And mm-hmm. people put up 276 fantasy points. The next one down on your list is Debo Samuel at 189. Um, it's you got You could look running back here, or you could be looking at the top wide receiver off the board. I think those are the two, the two options that that Sam sits with. So Nick, I, I kind of want to open the conversation to you. I know we talked about this a lot last year. I mean, this is a very interesting wide receiver class, mm-hmm. and it seems like. You know, we have CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, maybe Ruggs, you know, as like the elite potentially going in the top 15. See, and that's not even my wide receiver one. Really? Really? None of those three are? No. Who do you have, Jefferson? Jalen Rieger out of TCU. If you ever watch him, he's unfrickin' believable. No, I mean, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole quite yet, but I 100% agree. He's very interesting, but... Regardless, there is going to be, I'd say, a few running ba- or wide receivers taken in probably the top 15 in this draft. But there's still some running backs available. Yep. How, how do you think Sam should approach this? I go, Sam, sorry, so, you're probably not competing this year. I build the foundation. Wide receivers. Next year's running back class is really good. <laughs> So I would go wide receivers here. You've shored up your quarterback, your wide receiver. Tight end, you're just SOL because this tight end class is Mm god-awful. And you build running backs next year or you sell some of these later first-round picks for a running back or two. That's certainly an option. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think this is a marquee trade spot. I mean, it's... Is anyone going to really trade up for a rookie running back or rookie wide receiver? I, I don't think there makes a lot of sense for that. I no, like the, the wide receivers are pretty slow. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. agree with Webbs. Yeah, quarterbacks, running backs, I could totally see, but I don't think anyone's going to be crawling, like begging Sam to, you know, get a chance at whoever their wide receiver number one is. Um, Nick, you obviously mentioned Jalen Rager. I think for me, I. I have a soft spot for CD Lamb. I know he just did it like one year, but I think he he just kind of has the it factor for me. Um, but Dan, you are the one with the final say. Your opinion is what matters today. What is Sam doing with this pick? With the seventh overall pick in the 2020 Superheroes draft, Sam Weir selects CD Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Nick, where does, if you would like to indulge us, CeeDee Lamb fall for your wide receiver ranking? He's two. I mean, okay. it, he's very good. But I just, watching Rieger, he is just dynamic. This I, this class is just loaded. I can't believe, like, looking at it, you see, like, T. Higgins is, like, maybe outside looking in in, like, the top ten. It's crazy. 
Um, but let's move on. Let's continue this rolling. And Dan, yeah, coming yeah. in at number I'm eight. The, I'm the only guy in this podcast with an actual pick. Uh-huh. Hey, I have two fourth-round picks. Piss off. Oh, I, geez. I have a pick in every round. Yeah, well, I don't. Look at you. I have no picks. Yeah, and I didn't win it. I got knocked I was going to say, how was the money you won? Yeah, they got knocked up by Kevin. This fucking blows. Anyways, Dan's on the clock. And Nick, you are actually kind of be responsible for Dan. So, so the breakdown I see of Dan's roster, his weakest spot in my eyes is wide receiver. I don't know if you agree with that, Webbs. 100% agree with that. So, well, with, I, okay. I actually think tight end now is pretty weak. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sold on Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper took a huge hit. Yeah, I mean, Gerald obviously, there's no. Yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, that's bad. I guess the question, though, and sorry to interrupt you on this, Nick, but can he trade this pick for a tight end? Sure. I mean, like an elite tight end. Like, what elite tight end do you think like makes sense in this pick seven spot? Well, I have Excuse this guy me, named eight. Travis Kelsey. Hypothetically, would you trade Travis Kelsey for the eighth pick? No. Okay. I don't think I would trade. I have Chris Herndon though. He's elite. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, okay. maybe Fant. I mean, looking at you, Waller, yeah, Hawkinson, Waller, Hawkinson. That's. I, I don't think I have a soft spot for Hawkinson. I could, you know, ex- maybe explore Waller. I don't know. I mean, Dan, why don't you chime in? How do you view your tight end situation? You seem to get a little defensive, so it's, Nick and I might have jumped the gun. No, no, it's not bad in general. It's all bad in general. It's all fucking shit. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 Jesus Christ, Austin Hooper couldn't have landed in a worse spot. I was saying every motherfucking prayer to the fantasy gods that he would end up with this guy named Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that obviously sucked because Green Bay's front office is atrocious. Um, yeah, it, it, it Tight end and, and wide receiver are my two biggest needs. So, I mean, indulge us however much you were. Would you explore, like, trading for a tight end? Or do you think, like, the idea of getting a rookie pick, a rookie player right here is something just too hard to pass up? I think you've got to look at what value you get coming back and does the production you get coming back take care of what you could get um, from both a youth perspective, from a location perspective on, you know, which the player that you take here, where they land, versus proven talent. Um, I think those are all things that you have to weigh in for if you're going to move an uncertainty for a certainty. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of in an interesting spot because you are, you know, a contender. Um, rookie picks are crapshoots, so, I mean, maybe getting a sure thing with a vet could be appealing. I don't know. On the positive side, I don't get to make my decision. Nope, your exactly. fate rests in my hands. And because this tight end class has got awful, you're going wide receiver. And because Jalen Rieger did not go before C.D. Lamb, you are getting Jalen Rieger, wide receiver out of TCU. I like it. Wild card, bitches. Dan, how do you feel about this pick? Yeah, I, Nick obviously knows a little bit more than I do with part of this. Uh, it's hard leaving a name like Judy and Ruggs on the board, depending on landing spots, but I, I, I have a lot of faith in uh, Nick being all balls deep in somebody that doesn't play in the Pac-12. So, 
because the Pac-12 was not good this year. No, they were really bad. <laughs> All right, we're moving right along to the ninth pick, and Chris again. After the trade with Sam, he is back on the clock, and that puts me and I'm controlling this pick. Um, what I mean, as far as Chris goes, I mean I think he could maybe entertain like trading options. I don't know. Um, We've seen three running backs go. I mean, could Clyde, um, what the fuck? I'm blinking on his full name. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire, yeah. I, I also like Cam Akers, too, personally. Cam Akers, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. could this be a running back spot? I mean, could someone trade up for this pick? I I think you could get one of them with a much later pick. If you trade up to get either one of them, I think it's a pretty massive reach with Jerry Judy, Higgins, Ruggs. Still on the board, I don't... Yeah, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah I mean, you wide receiver names. Unless those two running backs get great spots, but they're probably going to be late day two, early day threes to be backup running back or a Montgomery-type role where you're quasi running back one but not a three-down back, and it's messy. I don't know if I'd trade up that high to get one of them. Yeah, I feel like the, the wide receiver makes the most sense so i think if you're if this pick's being traded it's to a wide receiver needy team that basically just saw lamb and rieger go and then the panic button gets hit and goes fuck i need to start moving up for some of these guys well i mean you also look at chris's team i mean he's got terry mclaren he's got ty hilton that's pretty much it at wide receiver i mean i guess maybe brashad perriman will fuller if he can stay healthy but that's a lot of uncertainty so yeah, but Unless the, any of you guys have a trade-off or hypothetical, I, I think Chris is okay making this pick. Oh, yeah, especially with the breaking news of Brandon Cooks going to the Texans. I think that hurts Fuller. Yep, I agree. I think, that, I think this, this trade coming back here where he sits in this nine spot actually looks really, really nice for him and in, uh, in filling a void on his team. Cue it up, Dan. You got it. With the ninth pick in our mock rookie draft, Chris selects Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Bama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. So I get to go with Sam at 10 now. You do. You get to go with Sam at 10. Um, and I think I think this this just it's a it's a it's an easy pick to make. I think um watching some of the names that have gone off with some of the names that are still left, I think this pick uh, becomes cut and dry in a wide receiver spot. Man, I, I guess I'm in the minority. I love this wide receiver class, but I think you guys are underrating the, the running back class just a, just a tad. I Going in with no landing spots, yes, because you look at how the quote-unquote elite wide running backs last class landed. Jacob's got a great spot. Montgomery... Not a great spot. Sanders, I, not a great spot. Uh, uh, Henderson, a spot. bad spot. I mean, there's just so many amazing talents that people were so hyped on going into the draft, and then they just land. I mean, shit. Todd Gurley, the Rams, trade up to get one of the better running backs in the class, and you're just like, oh, shit. He's, there goes all of his draft capital. So with running backs, it's tough outside of those three down backs that already went 
to say, hell yeah, they're going above these elite wide receivers. I feel like Cam Akers and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, though, can be that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think his passing game it could be very well utilized in this Yeah, but look NFL. at the current NFL landscape. Where do they go where they have an immediate impact that isn't taken by the three that went before them? There aren't well, many open bell cow three-down back spots. But I think to your point... You're right. There isn't a lot of three down spot or three down like back team availability. I don't know words are hard, um, but like you just said, the Rams just moved on from Todd Gurley. Teams are learning or hopefully learning. You don't give a running back like this massive contract extension after their rookie year because chances are you're going to be regretting it one or two years into the contract. I think yeah, like maybe Cam Akers goes to. Indianapolis Colts and that looks really awful because oh my gosh Marlon Mack Marlon Mack is the man is he it might be awful for a year but a year from now Cam Akers might be in 2021 like a top 12 running back because he's playing behind a beastly offensive line in Indianapolis and I don't know what um, Marlon Mack is doing but he's probably not on the team because it's up it's time for his extension and I think the uh, Colts GM Chris Ballard has proven that he won't overpay for suboptimal positions. Just a random spot. No, but. And I think the, the other interesting piece when you look at a running back position, there's not many teams outside of maybe seven to ten that use one running back heavily more than a lot of the other ones. You see a lot of these guys in many backfields that are splitting time. Um, that You have one guy that's probably playing 60-40, but there's a lot more of this – even keel and, and you, I think you're going to watch some of the longevity of some people's careers potentially uptick um, as you go to more of a, a split piece unless you're a Christian McCaffrey owner or an Ezekiel Elliott owner look at Minnesota Minnesota went through and they started splitting a little bit of time you you save Dalvin Cook that that's going with it and and you get a guy that's coming on to take care of it now you're taking reps away from one guy to help elongate him and he didn't get injured this year that's huge yeah, I mean, times are changing. Like, true three-down backs are very rare. That's for sure. Um, Dan, you have the final say. I mean, Nick, it sounds like you are you would go wide receiver. I think I would go running back here. But, Dan? Yeah, I mean, with Sam's roster, yeah. Oh, okay. no, nope, go for it. Yeah, with Sam's right. roster, I just don't know if going running backs makes sense yet. skip all the other pieces. I, I'm with Nick on this one. Henry Ruggs III out of Alabama. Alright. Sam gets a wide receiver. And Nick, you get to continue for Sam because he's on the clock again at pick 11. So this one, I went back and forth with three different position groups. And I think a lot of it depended on landing spot. Um, Jordan Love I really like, yep. could I be biased. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurst, I really like, could be biased. But if they have good landing spots and Sam's need at positions, it could be a reach, but it shores him up. Um, granted, he's got so many firsts next year, he could get Lawrence, so having four quarterbacks is a bit overkill. 
Then I looked at running backs. This is where I start seeing that tier of running back. Um, you have Moss, you have Clyde, you have the dude from uh, Florida State, um, Cam, Cam Akers. Yeah, so. Akers, P. Ryan's in that list too. Yeah, so those are the three running backs I was looking at. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the kid from Vanderbilt's good too. The Keyshawn, I'd look at him too. And then the wide receiver group, what's left? Um, you have Jefferson, Jeffers, Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Yep, Jefferson, you have Higgins. Claypool. Mims. Yep, Mims. Yeah. Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, which is another under-the-radar one I really like. Um, but in the end, I leaned running back, and I actually went with Zach Moss. With the 11th pick, I go Zach Moss running back out of Utah. That one feels like a shocker to me. Again, I think Nick plays a lot on the landing spot here. I think Edwards and Akers have a little bit more talent than, than Moss does personally, but depending on the situation, again, any of these, any of this next set, I feel could jump each other depending on their location. Absolutely. The draft will definitely shake things up. Um, all right, we're coming down to the last pick in round one, and that is Chris. He is on board again with his third and final pick of the round. And, I mean, if it was me and I was Chris, and I guess just maybe how I view it, I would maybe be entertaining trading this pick to a team that maybe wants to move up for a running back. Um I mean, either you or me, Nick, I feel like could use a running back. I don't know what kind of offer would make sense for this, but that might make sense. Um, Yeah, I desperately need running back help. So (laughs) it's certainly crossed my mind starting to reach for draft picks, but I want to see how things shake up first. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think Chris would or should explore this. I mean, Dan, what do you think? I'd be curious if love ends up on new england does he become this 12th pick for a quarterback needy team does somebody pull the trigger to say hey i need to try and give myself an opportunity to have this player i would actually try moving up to get him if he did and he's still available i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean i think quarterbacks have an insane amount of value We've said that a million times, and we'll say that till your ears bleed. Um, and the Patriots, I mean, they have Jared Stidham. He's interesting. Um, he was a rookie last year. I don't know if he's the guy, but Jordan Love definitely has potential, and he's the Mahomes, com- Mahomes comparisons are out there. They're probably a little reaching, but they exist, so. I definitely think if he goes in the first round or any quarterback for that matter, them someone grabbing a quarterback here with the 12th pick is not far fetched at all. It's, it's uh, this pick becomes very interesting because this is one of those ones I don't think you have to pay up a whole lot for potentially, just because you uh, view it as hey I'm just gonna go through and jump what you know I also look at this too is this could be gamesman this could be a gamesmanship pick who's picking at two dot one 
you know, it, is this somebody that I have to potentially try and snipe from another player and and give away a little bit for to, to make sure that I get the guy that, that potentially could go before I have the opportunity to pick again? Hmm. So, I mean, Dan, do you, do you see a trade here maybe? I, I'm not – I'm probably the worst person in the world to ask <laughs> It takes me fucking six years to do anything when it comes to a trade. Yeah, Dan's tough to trade with. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, if there's a good landing spot for Love or Hurts or Eaton, I think Eaton's the other quarterback I was looking at. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a few good quarterbacks that could get a decent landing spot. Um, you also have Fromm, yeah. Or... A running back that fell. I mean, yeah, I, Moss, I mean, Clyde, Acres. One of them was probably going to be here. And we all know how much I like Moss. So if he's available, I'd see. I think it's also hard to, to overlook the fact that T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson are still on the board. Um, with that, especially if those those two guys end up with really nice positions. Um, if Justin Jefferson finds himself in Green Bay, for example, I, you've got to kind of like what the opportunities would present you there. I don't disagree with that. I mean, this is a very, very, very deep wide receiver class. Um, but I think if it's me, Chris, I, you've already gotten, let's say, Justin Herbert, you know, Jerry Judy. Why not just round out the position core? With the 12th pick? Chris selects Cam Akers, running back out of Florida State University. That was a productive first round. So only one trade. If you guys had to make a guess, over or under one and a half trades in the actual draft. Uh, The problem is the teams that aren't in the first round don't have much capital to trade. I know I don't. I virtually can't move many pieces and still field a competitive team so i'm kind of stuck in that hard place where i just kind of have to ride out this year you have some pieces that you can fire but you're somewhat in the same boat i am that we have very little capital to move yep. so it's tough i think the only trading is going to be done by the teams in here either moving up or moving down i'm going to go under yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the under as well i think I think there's a lot of these teams that are picking have a lot of needs and addressing that for uh, uh, years to come is, is appealing with this. And I also don't think people are going to be able to pay the asking prices that are going to be desired um, to pick in these select spots. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the under. You guys have no faith. Give me the over. Smash accept. That's easy. I believe in us. Uh, uh, believing and seeing are a couple different pieces. It's, I think if you watch specific players land in very favorable spots, yes, I think part of that could change if somebody like has a Zach Moss that they get excited about that they could try and move around for. Um, but if if it plays out as everybody expects, I'm not 100% sure that, that there's going to be that much movement. All right, we'll see. Yeah, these top teams have so many holes that these top teams in the draft have so many holes that Moving on to get a pick for a competitive player, the competitive people won't move up. 
I just don't see it. There's just not enough capital dispersed in our league. There's a few teams have all the capital, and the other teams are trying to compete. Well, it only takes one person to fall in love, so we will see. Yeah, if you watch the movie You, it takes one person, or the TV show You. Usually it takes two people to tango. <laughs> right, but what I mean is it takes one person to like meet that exorbitant price. Oh, so. I was like, you're going straight stalker on this. <laughs> no, but I mean, it just it takes one person to fall in love with a certain player, whether that's you know Jerry Judy, whether that's a running back, whether that's Jordan Love on the, who knows. That makes more sense. I will buy that. Yes, it takes one person to be like, I need to get this person. Now, it obviously the other person needs to acquiesce and agree to that trade. But I, I'm going to go two. I think two trades is going to happen. I believe in everyone. All right. Anything else before we close this? I am shopping for running backs, so please message me. No, it's, I like to. I like that we're we're back doing this. It's nice when all three of us have the ability to get together. Um, yeah, it's just a it's a fun little piece to it. Yay, quarantine! Yeah. Yeah, quarantine's nice. Uh, is it? I, I really enjoy working from home, but that's about it. I mean, <laughs> you keep your you keep your friends close, you keep your loved ones closer, and just stay the fuck at home. You're right, dude. That's the complete opposite of quarantine. <laughs> all I know is I've been way more social since the quarantine actually happened with all these freaking Zoom happy hours. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I work with old people. We don't do that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm sure most people's livers don't handle it very well either, but, you know, life's all good. All right, guys. Till next time, we'll be back. Peace.